environment less to take off. Welcome, citizens of Gotham, to The Fire Rises, a Batman podcast focusing on all things the Dark Knight and his world. If you'd like to connect with the show, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at TFRBatPod. And if you have thoughts, questions, comments, or even suggestions for future episodes of the show, you can reach us by email at TFRBatPod at gmail.com. My name is Eric Carter, and I am your host, and... Today we are here for for a somber episode, but uh, a celebration, I'd say. And to join me in that is, of course, as always, my co-host, Mr. Joseph Fornerado. Joe, how are you? I'm doing good, Eric. How's it going, man? You know, it's going well. Um, still a little sad, but not where I was, of course, last week. And we're going to talk about that a little bit, but... Um, you know, it, it is the holiday season, so I'm, I'm still, I'm still a bit chipper about that. You know, we've got Thanksgiving coming up this week and, uh, then Christmas right around the corner. So there is a, there is a silver lining, but we do have a little bit of a heavier episode today. Um, and to, to start that off, uh, someone, one of our, one of the listeners sent us an email and usually we save these for the end of the episode, but with this email and this episode, I figured it would be great uh, to start with the email instead. So that's what I'm going to do. And this email is uh, Stuart from Guernsey, a name that I have heard a lot on some other podcasts. So Stuart, it's nice to know you listen, and thank you for writing in. We appreciate it. But Stuart says, I'm so shocked by the sudden news of Kevin Conroy's passing. I actually feel like I've lost a friend. I was seven years old when Batman the Animated Series first aired, and he has been a part of my life ever since. I was hoping to get a personal signed photo by him one day, but I never got around to it, which I know is never going to happen now. The best thing I have is a CGC copy of the first Silver Age appearance of Scarecrow signed by Kevin, which I will attach an image of. I know you take suggestions for future shows, so will you be able to do one celebrating the life of Kevin Conroy? Also, I've been loving this show for a little while now, but your love of Titans has made me extremely happy. As it's hard to find people who actually love the show and don't criticize it and just see the bad rather than the good. I love this show so much, I have an entire tattoo sleeve on my arm with characters from the show. Keep up the good work. Looking forward to future shows and hoping you guys are well, Stuart. Well, Stuart, first and foremost, like I said before, thank you so very much uh, for, for writing in. And absolutely, this was the plan. Um, as soon as um, as soon as we found out the news and to, to be fully transparent, this is ep- episode 50 of our show. And this show was not supposed to be. Uh, what it is, we had completely different plans, but when you lose someone on the caliber of Kevin Conroy, especially in our space, 
I feel that it's very important um, to celebrate them, as you said in your email story. So that's what we're going to do today. We are going to celebrate Kevin Conroy. Um, story. I, this was a wonderful, wonderful email. So again, thank you so much. Uh, Joe, thoughts on Stuart's email here? Well, uh, first off, thank you. Yeah, uh, definitely thank you for the email. And it's nice to know that someone enjoys our Titans talk because um, we feel like sometimes we're the only ones that actually really enjoy that show too. So it's nice that uh, someone's getting some enjoyment out of us discussing it. Uh, but yeah, the the Kevin Conroy stuff, there was, there was no way we weren't going to discuss it. And uh, yeah, I think we, you know, when the news broke, we had already planned on what we were going to do for this episode and we were both really excited about it but um we're going to push that off and and discuss something much more important than that and uh hopefully we'll get to you know more of the fun stuff later on and i I don't want this episode to be a complete drag because i think i have a lot to say about how i took the news and it might be a little unconventional um Mm -hmm. a little weird feeling for me Um, when I got the news and how I felt for the last week, but I think it's because I have been treating this like a, a, a celebration of Kevin Conroy and more of a, just appreciative nature of what we've gotten from him as opposed to the loss of him, if that makes sense. So we'll get into all that, but, but yeah, thank you very much, Stuart, for the email. And yeah, we definitely heard your name many times on another podcast. So it's, it's really uh, humbling that, that you listen to us and, and I'm thankful for that. So thank you. Yeah. And by the way, Stuart, that Batman 189 is a fantastic book to have. That is excellent. And the fact that you've got it signed by Kevin Conroy, you may not have ever met him, but that's, that's amazing. And yeah, and I would, I would hold on to that dearly. Um, yeah. Wonderful book to have. I think I, I sent you this email, didn't I? Joe, so you, you got to see the comic. Yes, and I, it's funny that it says key right on the top of the, uh, <laughs> yeah. the thing. Like, if you didn't know, this is a good issue to have because I wrote key on it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> whoever whoever sure. sold it to you, Stuart, that's pretty cool. But yeah, um, honestly, anytime you get one of these CGC uh, books is really fun. And I mean, I Eric got me into the whole CGC thing because he has a ton of them. And I, I was a little jealous and I'm like, I've always wanted one. And I started kind of getting into it just the... Not even strictly CGC, but just having a, uh, you know, a pressed book and, you know, sealed and everything. But yeah, this is definitely a cool one to have. Definitely a classic issue. And um, yeah, to have a a comic signed by Kevin Conroy, especially now, is definitely uh, something you'll you'll cherish forever. Because it it is a rare piece. Like, I don't know how many, I, I would be very curious to know how many comics that Kevin Conroy has actually signed. Oh, I'm sure he's signed a lot, but it's, it's not. I'm betting um, that Stuart has a very rare piece there though. Cause I, cause there's not a lot of copies of that book in general, just floating around. Exactly. Like if he signs stuff, it's probably for the Batman adventures. I would assume. Yeah, exactly. Like if you're going to get him to sign something, but to have such a classic issue signed by him is really cool. Yeah, it is. Um, And also j- just, uh, a side note here uh, for anybody who doesn't like, like Joe didn't wasn't into the, or didn't have any graded books beforehand. Joe, you told me something once about hot toys that once you get one, <laughs> it becomes very addictive. Yeah. That was my, um, that was my thing for you. Just like the CGC thing was from you to me. 
Right, yeah. Because <laughs> CGC comics or graded comics in general are very much the same way. So be careful, mm-hmm. Stuart. Be, care- be very careful. But one last thing on your email, Stuart. Um, yes, we do love Titans. We're so glad to hear that you love it too. And I want to see that sleeve. I want to see that tattoo. So oh, yeah, that yeah, you got to send us a picture of that or post a picture somewhere on that. That's really cool. Yeah, tag us. Put it on Twitter if you're on Twitter or, or wherever you are and tag us. I want to see it. So that's awesome. But thank you again. Um, thank you very much for that email. It's awesome. So Joe, let's um let's dive in and, and talk about Kevin Conroy a little bit. Um, you know, obviously Kevin Conroy is a huge part of all of our lives uh, because he is the definitive voice of Batman. Um, and I know some other things that he's done. I know he was on, was it Wings? Or was it Cheers? It wasn't Cheers. Wings sounds uh, familiar, but I honestly didn't even look it up. Yeah, but I know, I know like, but way before he was Batman, I, you know, he was, he was a stage actor. Uh, Kevin went to Juilliard which is a very, very prestigious acting school in New York. If you haven't heard of it, um, he was in a who's who class at Juilliard that included names like Robin Williams and Kelsey Grammer. In fact, he lived with Robin Williams for, for a while when he was at Juilliard, which I think is just, I mean, talk about three beloved people, right? I mean, Kevin Conroy, Robin Williams and uh, Robin Williams and, Kelsey Grammer, you know, <laughs> I mean, that's three for three, I'd say. Yeah. And, and you're right. He did do two episodes of cheers. He wasn't a regular, but he did two episodes of cheers. Um, that's, I mean, he, he did an episode of Matlock. So he, he's guested on a couple episodes. He did a show called search for tomorrow. That was his big thing. He did 79 episodes of that. Um, I'm not familiar with that. He was, I remember um, him being a soap opera actor. He was on another world. I remember another world cause my mom used to watch that, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, other than that, I mean, if you look through his IMDb, it's nothing but Batman. Yeah, there's a ton. I mean, and, and that's, and that's one of the things I think that among, especially amongst the fan community, even if Batman is not your number one, your, or your favorite character, I mean, to see someone with that level of dedication to a character, because he absolutely could have done Batman the Animated Series and been one and done. But he knew, I think he knew what a connection there was there with that character um, and the connection he he developed over the years with the fan base that kept him coming back to that role. Um, you know, there's a lot of people that, that get very, I, I don't know, they want to get rid of that, they want to get rid of a role uh, that they feel they've gotten stuck in. And I don't know that, at least from anything I've ever heard, I don't know that Kevin Conroy ever felt that way. I think it was almost like a love story. Like him and Batman, just they became so linked and so part of of one person that they they became inseparable. And I think that's an amazing thing with an actor. Yeah, it's, you hear a lot about actors not, I mean, I don't even want to say embarrassed, but they you're right. They feel like they need to distance themselves from that typecast. And he never did that. He never left the character, really. He always stuck around doing different things. Um, he embraced it completely. And he was proud to be Batman. And 
Yeah, there's a lot to say about that because, I mean, he, I, you know, just I'll I'll just start getting into it right away just by because it's hard for me to talk about it without getting into how I felt when I heard of his passing. It was weird for me because I don't want to say I wasn't sad, but it like didn't hit me mm-hmm. because I think my first reaction was I have so much batman content with kevin conroy and this is going to sound insensitive but i don't mean it to come off that way i have so much kevin conroy as batman that Mm -hmm. i have nothing to miss him for at this point like i i like i'm like so happy with everything we've gotten from him that I will cherish all of that more than I will miss him. And mm-hmm. it it, it, it kind of comes off as like me being like, again, not, not to try to sound like insensitive or, cause I'm, I'm usually a really overly emotional person, but yeah. it's weird because I feel like with this, this passing, it's, it's almost like because I didn't know him personally and because I've gotten so much unbelievable content from him, that I'm going to focus on all of the stuff I've gotten from him and not from whatever he may have done in the future that I'm not going to get because Mm. I, I don't, we don't honestly know if we ever would have gotten any more from him in the future because I think in different properties, they're starting to move away from him. And, and he was, I don't even remember the last thing he did. Um, He just did the uh, multiverses game. Okay. And I didn't play that game, but like, what was the last, like, actual visual property like um like motion media or like video i mean i guess video game is motion media but like what um i think the last thing that he did before multiverses was um just justice league versus the fatal five in 2019 okay and he did and he did uh the crisis on infinite earth which was actually after that yeah, so that marking his only live action yeah. appearance Which as Bruce so Wayne. So happy that he got to do that. Yeah, me too. That's um, uh, you say what you want, and and I've said many negative things about the CW Arrowverse, <laughs> and especially where it, where it went in later years. But I mean, you remember when that event was happening? I said I'm watching this. I mean, it didn't. You know, I would always come back for the for the crossovers, mm-hmm. and this one just had so much in it that I wanted to see. Um, you know, with Brandon Routh reprising his role as Superman. And, and I, I, I had heard that, you know, we would see Alexander Knox and Burt Ward, of course. Yeah. Sadly, um, it seems like crisis on the earth was almost like the best and worst thing to ever happen to CW because it was like, they blew their, their budget on that entire crossover. And I, I there was nowhere lost. to go from there. <laughs> yeah. And, but I'm still thankful for it because it was amazing. And that's, that we could talk about that for a while without just going too far away from Kevin Conroy, but I'm so happy for, for Kevin that he got to do that because that is something that we'll always have to, to actually be able to see him in person as Batman for the first time was really a lot of fun. Well, and what's awesome about that is, you know, the voice is perfection, but especially later in life, I mean, maybe as a younger man, cause I've seen some pictures of, of, you know, of, 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 quite a younger uh, Kevin Conroy and he was a dashing fella, but you know, older in the older era of Kevin Conroy, I don't think anybody ever would have thought that we would see him as a live action Bruce Wayne. 
because he, you know, he, once you reach a certain age, you just don't fit the part anymore. Right. Um, but they found the perfect way to not only integrate him into the story, but to make that, you know, that wish fulfillment of fans and, and quite possibly for Kevin himself Mm -hmm. to physically play this role. And I think that, I think that's amazing. Yeah. I'm just thankful we got it. And, and like I said, it's, it's been a really weird week for me to, to try to reflect on my emotions with this because I haven't been, I guess, as sad as I expected because I think I've just kind of come to terms with everything we've gotten from him. It's, it's a weird, and I, I feel guilty for it. Like, don't get me wrong. It's, it's, it's weird. Like I, I, I can't help the way I feel and don't get me wrong. I'm, I'm, I feel terrible that someone passed away, but Mm I, I just, we have gotten so much Batman greatness from him and his voice will always be in my head. And and this is nothing new. Everyone says this. I've listened to recent, you know, podcasts with people reflecting on Kevin's life. And he is the voice that we hear when we read Batman. Like almost all of us hear his voice when we read comics, it's almost unanimous. Absolutely. And I will always hear his voice. So to me, again, it's going to sound selfish for me to say this, and I apologize if it's coming off wrong, but selfishly for me, I can't miss him because he's always going to be there for me. And now I'm, it's weird because now I'm getting emotional thinking about it, but yeah. like he's, he's not going anywhere for me personally. I feel terrible for his family who, who doesn't get to, to see him personally as a, as a human being. But for me, just as a fan, selfishly, I'm good because he's already given me so much in my life that I can't ask for any more from him. Yeah. And, and I get that. Um, it's a completely different emotional response from the one that I had. Um, mm. And because everybody handles this stuff differently. It's really weird because this is the most emotional I've gotten since he passed. Like right. actually talking about it. And I think that might be why is because like I don't have an outlet to talk about Kevin Conroy. Like who who am I going to talk to about it? Like nobody cares about it. Like as yeah. sad as that is like in real no, life. You're, like, you're right though because like because um, I told my wife and, and she she knows, you know, vaguely who he is or who he was. Um, but she, you know, she doesn't have the connection that I do yeah. to Kevin Conroy. Um, so I, I think she knew that I was upset that day, but she didn't, you know, fully, I don't think she fully grasped. Yeah. Um, I was very upset. I had a, I had a really, really bad day. <laughs> it's weird. Cause this is almost like us being in a wake. Like, that's what I feel like right now. Like, this is our grieving process is me and you talking about it for the first time. Like, yeah. Actually, like, getting the words out and stuff and actually, like, reflecting on it because it was hard to do that, like, through text and stuff last week when it happened. And and this is – it is a weird thing because we do love this this person that we've never met. And I'm also, like, I, I will say I'm a little weird with, like, celebrity deaths because I always feel like if I've never met the person personally – how can I really get emotional about someone that I'm, how can I miss someone I've never met before? That kind of thing. But with, well, see, Conroy, and, that, it's, and that's, it's that's very much, that's very much the way I am too, with, with 99% of celebrities, you know, yeah. there's some that I absolutely adore and love. And I'm, and of course, you know, I'm sad yeah. a little bit when they, when they pass. Um, but like you said, I don't know them personally, but with Kevin Conroy, um, 
you know, I've talked about before <clears throat> when my dad passed away. Mm-hmm. And that year was the year Batman Forever came out. So I got introduced to Batman and, of course, found Batman the Animated Series not very long after. So it's like Batman was a constant for me that year. Mm-hmm. And that going forward. And as much as I love Val Kilmer and always will for being my first Batman, you know, Kevin Conroy was my steady Batman. And he's been Batman for 30 years, nonstop. 30 years. He's been been Batman for almost as long as I've been alive. And I think what's so amazing about his run as, as Batman is he's been in 30 years. He's been what? 20 different Batman. Yeah. (laughs) He's, He's played the animated series Batman, but in our minds, he's been how uh, he he's been more than thirty different versions of Batman because he's been every version of the comic Batman. Like, think about that: every different Elseworlds Batman we read, every different version, you know, whether it's a one-off comic or canon comic, we always hear his voice, no matter what. It's very rare that we ever listen to something, or I mean, ever read a comic from him that doesn't well, think have about, his voice which is think weird. about how many age groups have him as their batman yeah because yeah, that's true too the current generation Even, like, justice league action justice yeah. league action came out how many years ago for like little kids so like that's their batman right there right yeah and a lot of the current gen- generation i mean he's their batman through the arkham games yeah which i mean yeah imagine the arkham games being your gateway into batman and it was for a lot of people. Yeah, and I didn't even think of that until you just said it. And that's amazing. I, mm-hmm. I mean, and those games are so good. I mean, everybody knows how how wonderful they are. Well, just to give you, like, um, I just played Gotham Knights for a little bit today. It's weird not hearing Kevin Conroy playing a video game. Like, I know he didn't do the voice during uh, Arkham Origins, but I think that voice was a little closer, where this one was very different in Gotham Knights. Yeah, and... and you can tell the mark that he he made on Batman um, mm-hmm. just through those video games, because when you know when we found out that Roger Craig Smith was going to be voicing Batman instead of Kevin Conroy in that game, there's a lot of people who give that game flack just for that. Mm-hmm. And Roger Craig Smith did an amazing job as Batman yeah. in that game, but at the end of the day, he's not Kevin Conroy. And well, that's a, sometimes anytime, that's an unfair comparison. <laughs> and and this, like I I was always one of those people that actually was was appreciative when DC would would get another voice actor for mm-hmm. an animated project because you can't have Kevin Conroy do every version of Batman. But there are people that like any time an animated project came out, if it wasn't Kevin Conroy, people would say, "Well, why didn't you get Kevin Conroy?" Like, why wouldn't you get him? And I understand it. I might not agree because I prefer to to hear different interpretations of the character because mm-hmm. I don't think I don't think it's fair to always have the same character. I think you need to have um, variety, and I need I, you're never going to find the next Kevin Conroy. Which honestly, we're never going to find the next Kevin Conroy. But you're never going to even have the opportunity to find someone else if you don't try. Right. So, but. I can't blame those people either because it just seems like a no brainer (laughs) to always get the best. If you can get the best, get the best, but it's, it's that, you know, it's towing the line there. You have to find what projects to, 
to get him for and what projects to to try someone new and unfortunately for whoever they get that's new there is nobody compares like the new animated batman to um what'd you say roger craig smith is that what you said yeah or nobody compares the new batman to bruce greenwood who i love bruce greenwood but it's Mm -hmm. always they compare him to kevin conroy no matter what yeah and And it's it, it is an unfair comparison because kevin conroy is perfect but that is but that is the mark that he that he put on the character yeah and they will always be there yeah i think we're going to be having that conversation for years for at least another 30 years everyone is going to be compared to kevin conroy and now that sadly we can't have him for another animated project no it's going to be probably harder on these new actors because i think someone like jensen ackles is good because he's already, you know, he's already portrayed the character. He's established, yeah. Yeah. Um but yeah, it is it is going to be it is going to be tough on Batman actors going for Batman voice actors going forward. Um but I do want to speak a little bit about Kevin just briefly like outside of of Bat well not necessarily outside of Batman, but just just more of his more of his life because you cannot I don't think you can talk about Kevin Conroy without bringing up his bravery um because i think as an established for so many years voice of a beloved character um i i I didn't even realize i mean i remember when it when it happened but i didn't realize it had been so recently uh it was in 2016 that uh conroy revealed he was gay Mm -hmm. and as much as you wouldn't want to believe it, there was a lot of risk in that. Yeah, and I'm I'm thankful that maybe either we're in the right circles or we follow the right people where I didn't see a lot of people resentful of that. And I'm no. thankful for that, which is it's sad that I even had to think about that because to me it was like a non-issue. <laughs> like, oh, that's cool, like good for him. But I but like you said, with people being the way they are, it is a risk to come out that way. Mm-hmm. And I'm thankful that he, and I don't know what happened other than the people we associate with, but I'm thankful that there wasn't much controversy with that. Am I wrong to say that there wasn't? Because I don't remember a lot coming out of that. And again, I could be wrong because again, I'm sure I, there's been oh, you I'm know, sure there some here that, and there. Yeah. I'm sure there are the, the ignorant people that probably, you know, blacklisted him in their own minds and said, he's not my Batman anymore, which is terrible, but I'm glad that I didn't see any of that. Yeah. I never, I never have heard a negative thing about that from anybody, which is an awesome thing. It says a lot about how much people love him as a character because people were, even the people that might be a little, um, you know, again, I'm trying to be a little diplomatic here with, uh, ignorance, uh, that maybe they looked past it because they, they love him as Batman so much that even if they do have a problem with it, they're willing to look past it, which again, I don't, I don't know if that's right or wrong or not, (laughs) but uh, I'm just thankful that he was comfortable enough to come out and, and speak about it. And I actually texted you. I'm so thankful. I actually did get the issue of DC pride that he wrote. I couldn't remember if I picked that up when it came out or not, 
And I'm so glad that I do have it. I own it and I will cherish that book forever because he did write um, a small section of it. And sadly, I will admit, I have not brought myself to read it over the last week. I, I feel like it'll be a really hard read for me when I do come around to reading it. And I'm not ready to do that just yet. I'm glad you brought that up. Um, I regret not picking that book up. I've gotten, I've gotten into a space where I really don't pick up a lot of physical books anymore. I do too. And I'm shocked that I picked it up. I don't, Yeah, it was like something told me like, you know what? You're going to want this book for some reason. And I, I don't know what made me get it. And I couldn't even remember if I picked it up or not. I looked for it the other day and I did find it. So um, I'm thankful that I did. And I don't even know if it's a hard to find book right now. I'm not sure. I've thought about checking into that, but uh, you know, I, I have read the story um, because, and and I have DC Universe Infinite Ultra or whatever, um, so I didn't have a problem reading it. But I want to give kudos to DC Comics for making that available and free yeah. to read for everybody, um, because I think it's a very important story. It gives you a little bit of insight into Kevin Conroy and what his life was like before Batman and how fitting it is that he ended up as this amazing, wonderful character that we all love. Um, because it's if you read the story and it's it's just a couple of pages, um, but it really it really highlights you know, some of the, some of the things that Kevin Conroy went through and some of the things that Bruce Wayne went through and how, again, I'll I'll just say it's, it's fitting Mm -hmm. that he ended up with the role, but I'll let, I'll let everyone read it themselves. I don't know. Is it still available for free? I'm not sure. I'm I'm not sure. Um, and I wouldn't even know how to check because I do have DC universe myself. So I know there was a link on all of DC comics, social media pages. Uh, mm-hmm. And I think it's on the Batman social media pages as well. The official accounts. Um, so go check. If you don't have a, a DC universe, infinite uh, subscription, go check there. Um, read it. I highly recommend it. Um, but yeah, that's, um, you know, I, it, it is very clear just from some of the posts from, some of the animated, you know, voice talent that he worked with over the years, some of his friends that that made posts about him online, how beloved he was, uh, not just in the fan community, but in his circles as well. Um, yeah, I think that's the and and only sixty six years old. That's that's what's that's the heartbreaking thing for that me. is yeah. He is too young. Yeah, he is he is the age that my father is and. I think that's what happens to me the most as I get older and, and as I see people passing away, I, I, you know, hearing you talk about your father's passing when you were younger breaks my heart. But as I get older, I have a very good relationship with my father and my father mm-hmm. is 66 years old. And that's what makes me emotional as I get older is when I see people that pass away suddenly or, or even from illness and then, I compare their ages to my, my parents' age because I realize that I'm getting older now and I'm like, I, I just don't want to accept the fact that my parents are also getting older and yep. they're getting to that age where you never know what's going to happen any day. And it's that's where I get emotional because I think about his family because those are the ones that like we, we have all this stuff that we're going to love. And I mean, he's going to have family members that don't care about Batman. 
<laughs> so they're yeah. missing their fam their you know whether it be and I, I don't even know if kevin had kids or if, you know anyone in his family though they're gonna miss their loved one they're not gonna miss batman and that's what i feel bad for because he has brought in us so much joy i can't imagine how much joy he's brought the people that actually know him you know that's the crazy thing is, is as much as i feel like he's such a part of our life like i I'm, i know I know that his partner that he was married to, um, his partner's name is Von C. Williams. Um, but outside of that, you know, I don't, I know a little bit about Kevin's dad mm-hmm. um, from a amazing episode of Inside of You, uh, which is Michael Rosenbaum's podcast. Mm-hmm. I highly recommend that as well. That will break your heart. Uh, if you're already in this mood, you may want to, you may want to wait a little <laughs> while, but I, I highly recommend that episode because it's, it's, it's amazing to hear Kevin's story, especially about his dad. But yeah, outside of his dad and, and his partner, I don't know a whole lot about his family. So and honestly, I respect that. Like I, yeah. I understand why some celebrities would want to just be to themselves, let them, you know, have their privacy. And I think sometimes we, we look too much into their personal lives where I think, we we only need to know what they are willing to give us and and he has given us a lot so i um yeah yeah it's it, like i said this is this is a weird episode we 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 were uh we were talking prior i'm like i don't i don't want this one to be very long <laughs> but we've already talked for a while about um longer than we expected because it just kind of it it does snowball you know you, it it does feel almost like a a, a way to I hate even using the word grieve because again, it's not, it's not someone we knew personally. I don't want to make it out to be more than it is, but it is, it is comforting to just discuss his life and and what he's given us as Batman fans. And it's so trivial. Like we're, we're talking about, you know, a, a person that, you know, voiced Batman and why we're upset because he passed away and we didn't know him, but it like, I, I feel like these emotions should be reserved for his family and for, you know, when we lose people close to us, but you know, it, this is sadly someone that we feel close to. And and I think that's a, that's a special thing that we can feel Mm -hmm. as close to someone like this, that we've never met before. And I think that's why it's been so hard for me because I don't, I don't usually get this way with, with celebrity passings i mean i i think the closest i've gotten is you know the last few months when taylor hawkins passed away i'm a big foo fighters fan and and that was tough for me because i i think i said to you like i that broke me because i selfishly looked at i felt like he had a lot more to give musically Mm -hmm. and with kevin conroy i'm appreciative of the fact that i felt like he gave us all that he had like we're so lucky that we got so much from Kevin Conroy. I mean, like I said, thirty years of Batman, and we're always going to hear his voice whenever we hear that. Com- whenever we read a comic, it's still going to be his voice. We're never going to forget his voice. Yeah, and I just I, I'm gonna I'm gonna wrap it up on this. Um, Please. <laughs> yeah, I I talked a couple of weeks ago, and it's so strange um, how it's worked out. But when we were talking about. Um, Beware the Great Ghost. It's been a rough year with Batman. It has been. Um, But when we were talking about Beware the Great Ghost, I talked about how I empathized with how people must have felt when Adam West passed away. Because he was not, for all intents and purposes, he was not my Batman. 
but I respected how, how many people he had, their lives he had touched and, and how many Batman fans that associated him with being their Batman. Um, and I said, if, and when, if we ever lose uh, Kevin Conroy and, and I hoped it was years and years down the road, it was how I was going to feel. And it is how I feel. Um, I didn't know it was going to come this quickly and I'm heartbroken. But as you've said, we've got so much to remember him by. We've got so many examples of how perfect he was at not only being a wonderful human being, because he was, he was great. Um, but also he was a perfect Batman. He's absolutely, I mean, his voice is absolute perfection as the dark Knight. So that's, we'll have that for the rest of our lives. And I'm appreciative of that. Um, so yeah, for, um, for Kevin Conroy's family, um, the TFR family is, is sending out uh, nothing but, but positive vibes and, and hope, hope, um, hope healing comes uh, sooner rather than later for the, for that family. But that's it. we're we're gonna we're gonna try to be a little more happy and a little more positive. We're gonna we're gonna celebrate a little more of Kevin Conroy um, because, of course, we have some more episodes of Batman the Animated Series to review for our thirtieth annual celebration. All right, Joe. We had two huge two-parters to talk about yet again. Um, so we watched four episodes once again for this episode uh, of the show. And we're going to start off with the episode Feet of Clay. So in these two episodes, of course, we start with um, a down-on-his-luck luck actor who has gotten involved with some people that he probably shouldn't be involved with. And he's got Roland Daggett kind of controlling his life because he was in an accident that altered his face. And um, he's an, he's an actor and he's trying to, you know, to, to keep his, keep his career. So he gets in with the, with Roland Daggett and he gets in with this, um, with this chemical that Roland Daggett has came up with that is, able to make Hagen uh, alter his face into his normal state, but it becomes addictive and it starts working in shorter and shorter amounts of time, which starts to drive Hagen crazy. So he breaks into Daggett's lab to try to get more of it, um, but pays dearly when Daggett's men just drench him in the formula, uh, eventually changing him into the villain we know as Clayface. Um, and I forgot to mention he's, he's in some of these crimes that he's been committing with Roland Daggett to, to kind of pay off this, these chemicals he's been getting. He's been portraying Bruce Wayne as part of these crimes. Um, so Bruce Wayne has been imprisoned. Uh, he ends up getting released and Hagen, as it turns out, like I said, has become this clay face villain and the formula has entered his body and soaked every single one of his cells. And he's turned into this shape-shifting mutant. So with his newfound powers, um, he decides to take revenge on Daggett and his men, and it's up to Batman to bring Daggett to justice and also to stop Clayface before innocent people are hurt. 
So, Joe, that was a lot of rambling there. I'm sorry. Uh, but <laughs> I'm glad you do the synopses because it's hard to is I am not good with like, I guess you could call it like scripted podcasting. <laughs> like, yeah. I just want to talk. <laughs> so it's funny, man. So Fina Clay, you know, it's fitting that we're talking about this with with, you know, what we just talked about earlier with Kevin Conrad. He had a lot to do in this episode because he actually had to do a different voice for kind of his um for for Clayface's impersonation of Bruce Wayne. Mm-hmm. Um, this is a great two-parter. Uh, it's funny. I When we were doing the top five episodes of Batman the Animated Series, I didn't get to ch- get a chance to go back and watch this two-parter. And man, this this is a really good two-parter. But now that I'm thinking about it, it's funny. I uh, Did no one else use this formula? <laughs> Was he the only one that used it? Like Daggett used this to just set him up? You can't think about it that much. Yeah. I, I, <laughs> right? Like, but anyway, quick question. Because again, I've never questioned this after all these years of reading comics. What is Clayface's origin in the comics? You I know, have I, no idea. So I know there's been multiple Clayface. There's like three or four, right? Yeah. It's, it's Hagen, then there's Carlo. Because um, Carlo's the one, it's Basil Carlo, right? Yes, Basil Carlo. He's the one that is more prevalent now in the comics i but think i don't so, know yeah. any of their origins i never really I, thought about it i don't either um i would assume so, it's not this but it could be so i guess we have to turn in our our fan cards because i'm not sure um yeah but you know that this show did did so well at homaging it the comic almost books. like it's, it almost feels like when you read a comic, you just expect the Batman the Animated Series backstory. Right, exactly. Just, it's just what you know in your head. Kind of like Mr. Freeze. Like in the comics, Mr. Freeze's backstory is not what it is in BTAS. But that's the story we stick with for the most part in our own heads. Right. Yep. You're exactly right. And, and you were talking about the voice. Ron Perlman does the voice of Matt Hagen and Clayface. Yeah, it's a pretty big draw for a kid's cartoon, right? Well, I mean, <laughs> you're talking 1992. I don't know, you know, I don't, I, I can't remember if there were any huge roles that Ron Perlman was in at the time. Oh, okay. But you think but they now? Did, I mean, they did I mean, always get good, really good people. So yeah, and he did a fantastic job. And I was watching the episode, and I didn't remember that Ron Perlman voiced him. Mm-hmm. So when I'm watching the episode, I hear the voice, and I'm like. Is that Ron Perlman? <laughs> yeah, I never looked it up, to be honest with you. I never really... So I, I Googled, mean, I'm sure I knew, but I, I just didn't remember it. So I Googled it, and I was like, hell yeah, it is. <laughs> and as much as we talk about, you know, the Mark Hamels and, of course, the Kevin Conroys, Perlman did an excellent job in this episode. Mm-hmm. I thought he was a, a very, very good voice actor here. And I don't... I know Perlman's done uh, some other um, voice acting here and there. Um, but I don't know how much he's done, but man, he knocked it out of the park here because he even had some alterations like when he was Clayface. Yeah. He got like a little more gravelly, I think, which I thought was, you know, fantastic. But this is this is another one of those Batman the Animated Series episodes that really makes you kind of at a certain point you feel for the villain. Mm-hmm. which was a big strength of this show. And I think that's no different here because, you know, as much as you want to, he, he was very vain. Um, 
and he kind of led himself to what happened. But at the end of the day, I mean, what what those mobsters did to him? Yeah. Nobody deserves that. Well, it it kind of makes sense when you think about what the pressures are of Hollywood today, whether it be just something as simple as plastic surgery or or uh, I don't know what what is the like the Botox injections or like anything that celebrities do to try to stay young. It it is a it is a vicious um what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, business. Like they, they have to do what they need to do to stay relevant. And so you can understand why he would feel the pressure to do what he's doing. Yep. Absolutely. Um, but I mean, I think one of the other fascinating aspects of this episode is the framing of, um, Bruce Wayne. Mm-hmm. And also Lucius the Fox. The fear of Lucius Fox. Yeah, the poor Lucius Fox fearing that Bruce Wayne is actually going to harm him and Bruce mm-hmm. not understanding what is going on when Bruce finally does try to you know just talk to Lucius the fear in Lucius. I mean there this is not a kids two-parter. This no. is definitely more mature and and we'll get into the, even the two-face one. It seems like they really went more mature with the two-parters. And Correct me if I'm wrong, Batman, you don't even see Batman on screen till the final, what, two minutes of the first part? Oh, oh no, uh, I'm sorry. I'm getting confused with this in Two-Face, maybe. But you see him interrogate that guy. That's towards the end of part one, right? I believe so, yeah. And we have not seen a brutal Batman like that in a long time. Oh, man. No, yeah, he, yeah, he was you, not. You talk about back. suspension of disbelief. We're just supposed to assume that there's no way in hell <laughs> that the Batwing is going to drop this guy. Yeah, but it did. It did. It was nice to kind of see the 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 like the scissor thing. Oh, the because uh, it reminded me of toys. when he cut the balloons. Yes, the, but <laughs> the toys on this Batwing in this episode. But man, he was pretty confident this guy wasn't going to die with all he was doing. He took him out, takes him out of the car. Mm-hmm. With like basically a Batwing version of the Jaws of Life. I mean, there's a lot going on in this, and then the poor guy faints. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like it's this and is a Batman. Great, Batman's is pretty sure of the, himself to drop him in that pool because man, oh, that <laughs> yeah, like no wind resistance or anything there. Like this is like I said, suspension of disbelief. Like you know, when it comes to the people that are very against Batman killing, it's like so this is completely okay. you know this is completely fine he's allowed to do everything he's doing in this episode but i'm sure if he did this on a nightly basis nobody would ever accidentally die yeah but and speaking of you brought up you brought up lucius fox i really liked seeing lucius in this episode even though he was terrified for 95 (laughs) of it a lot of episodes of btas but he's in some memorable ones yeah you don't see him a lot but it's it's like you said it's pretty it's a pretty big occasion when you do see him yeah but yeah, um, I mean, this is a fantastic two-parter. And, and it's one of those I don't think about much when I think about the marquee two-parters. And I think it's because, honestly, Clayface is not my... He's not one of my upper echelon Batman villains. Well, but admittedly, when, me too. Like we were just talking about, like I don't even remember his actual origin in the comics, which is sad. But yeah. this is what I always remember of Clayface because this is a pretty good two-parter. I mean, in the... Yeah, like you said, in the pantheon of two-parters in Batman the Animated Series, this would probably be the one besides Heart of Steel that kind of gets forgotten, but it really shouldn't. Like, I'm so glad that 
while we're doing this run through of Batman the Animated Series that we're getting to see the people that picked these episodes that maybe passed us by in our in our uh, not voting but like what we decided was the top five because we're learning that man there's not a big discrepancy between our one through five and everyone else's like this easily could be in my top five if i actually paid more attention to this episode Mm -hmm. yep i agree um but yeah it's it's one that i will definitely try to revisit more because i really had a good time watching it i agree yeah all right you ready to move on to the next one joe yeah all right so the next two-parter we covered is i I mean as as forgotten as feet of clay may be i think two-face is uber iconic i mean this is two-face is a two-parter that is lauded all the time by batman the animated series fans but let me uh, before you start let me go into the synopsis real quick do your okay do your scripted part (laughs) (laughs) so uh mobster rupert thorne attempts to use harvey dent's secret split personality to blackmail him but when when dent meets thorne at a local chemical plant big bad harv takes over and the resulting confrontation leads to an explosion that horribly scars half of dent's face and his entire body Harvey Dent, now calling himself Two-Face, resurfaces and starts robbing Rupert Thorne's illegal businesses, preparing for a final confrontation with the crime boss. And Batman must stop his former friend before he and Thorne kill each other. All right, you can go ahead now, Joe. What did you think of Two-Face? Well, honestly, I when we were doing the... Like we were talking about doing our top five. I went back and I watched a couple of episodes that I thought might be in my top five. And this was one of them. And I still didn't put it in my top five. I don't think I did. Again, I really should go back and listen to it and see what I actually had in my top five. <laughs> but yeah. I I got to say, and this is not a slight to Two-Face as much as it is praise for Feet of Clay. These episodes are on equal footing for me. I think they're both excellent. And... But the, I mean, they're pretty similar as far as the emotional backstories of a villain that you sympathize with. And the whole first part is the the buildup of their downfall and you, you start to feel for these characters. And again, so in this one, you see Batman a little bit in the beginning, but you don't get a lot of Batman in part one of this at all. Mm-mm. No, this it's really a, sets up... It's a up, very slow burn. Yeah, well, this really sets up um, a lot of relationships. Mm-hmm. Like, this this definitely covers on the friendship between Harvey and Bruce. Of course, there is the relationship between Harvey and Grace, mm-hmm. um, which is, you know, which was very confusing to me, by the way. It always is. I always forget that she's Grace in the animated series. But apparently she has been interchangeably Gilda and Grace for the since 1942. Oh, okay. I didn't realize that. Yeah. So it's been it's been back and forth for many, many years uh, between the Gilda and the Grace. But it's always it's always a very, you know, a very tragic relationship that Harvey Dent has. Uh, We we actually did discuss it. So. Grace kind of comes out of nowhere, though, too, because he dates Poison Ivy in a prior right. episode. So 
it just seems like they they wanted to give him his fiance for this, which I'm fine with. It's again, he's well, allowed to have dated off screen. Yeah, to be <laughs> fair, okay. we don't know the time frame in Batman no. the anime series. And so. For a for a children's show, they do a hell of a job of setting her up as a love interest because mm-hmm. you do feel for for the relationship here. Yeah, and I think this episode or these two episodes have a lot to say. Also, I mean, that they're a little deeper than just, as we've said many times, your, your run of the mill children's show. Um, there's a lot about like, you know, mental health here. Oh, oh, I, and for 1993, like this is, this is stuff we're still discussing today about how we need more awareness of it. And for a kid show from 1993 to talk about like, Bruce being proud of him for recognizing he needs help. I mean, mm-hmm. could you imagine like being five years old watching this? <laughs> like, of course it went over our heads. We didn't know what the heck was going on, but I give them a hell of a lot of credit for, for even putting this into it because you didn't need to do that for a kid's show, but they treated it like they treated it like a movie. Yeah, they did. And, and a mature part... movie. And a I would dare say a movie uh, kind of ahead of its time. Yeah, and that part you were talking about where Bruce says that he's he's really proud of of Harvey for getting help. Yeah, I, I feel like he says it takes a strong man to admit that he needs help or something. Yeah, something like that. something to that effect. Yeah, it, that's really it's really important. But what I was gonna point out is the way since since we just showered love on, on the late Kevin Conroy in this episode, he sells the friendship with yes. Harvey in his voice in this episode, when he in a, tells in a 22 him 22 minute episode, we, we feel that relationship, even though, I mean, I guess we see a little bit of it in prior episodes, but even just as a standalone, let's pretend like we've never seen another episode. And this is just like a, a 45 minute special. It works. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And when he tells him that, I mean, you, like I said, you believe it. Uh, you believe that this is a, this is a solid friendship and there's there's layers and depth to it and i mean and then you also believe that this city i mean in the voice acting and i'm sorry i'm i'm drawing a blank on who on the man that uh voiced two-face or and harvey dent um but the flip that switches when he just feels that anger broiling inside him because there's a few incidents before he actually becomes two-face in the episode when quote unquote big bad Harv comes out. Yeah. It's an interesting, I don't know if this is the only version of two phase where it seems like he's having that split personality disorder prior to the, prior to the, the scarring where it seems like the scarring just kind of pushes him over the edge, but it was always inevitable. Mm-hmm. Richard Mole, by the way, it was Richard Mole okay. that voiced him. Again, it's very mature storytelling. And not to mention the fact that like Bruce is having nightmares because he feels so guilty about once Harvey does have the scoring, he didn't save him. Mm-hmm. And he has the nightmare of comparing Harvey to his parents. Yeah, I do find it interesting in this episode in the, in this, you know, two-parter that they chose to use Rupert Thorne. Um which I guess we didn't really have Maroni in the anim- Do we have Maroni in the animated series? No, Maroni doesn't show up in the animated series. They use Rupert Thorne for the most part. And yeah, I, I mean, 
and they took it we kind of Maroney out of the courtroom of the long Halloween. But again, does Maroney go all the way back to his original, um, or from like the forties and fifties or I would assume he does because I don't think Rupert Thorne was introduced till the seventies. Right. Didn't like Englehart and Rogers introduce, um, introduce, uh, Rupert Thorne. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I mean, but you're right. I mean, Thorne did kind of take over Falcone and Maroney and a lot of the crime yeah, boss. He, yeah, he was element. pretty much the the stereotypical, uh, not stereotypical, but he was like the, the fill-in crime boss for the animated series. He was, for this show, what Kingpin was for the Spider-Man animated show, hmm. I think. Which I don't okay. know. I, I don't know how much. Yeah, I'm not familiar with it very yeah, much. Yeah, but that's, that's kind of the role he had here. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, and it's, it is, I love the dichotomy of seeing Two-Face do all these crimes, but he still wants to meet with Grace and he covers his face with the, with like the white cloth when he, when she meets with him Mm -hmm. because he doesn't want her to see it. And I love that she makes him take it off because she wants to look at his face and she doesn't care. Um, and so just because I'm, I actually kind of impressed myself. So he was created by Steve Englehart. It was not, um, <laughs> it was not Marshall Rogers. It was Walter Simonson in 77. Rupert Thorne was, but um, so yeah. So gotcha. Rupert, so it wasn't him in the original run for Two-Face, but he was from the seventies. Cause I, for years, I thought Rupert Thorne was strictly an animated series character because he hasn't been in the comics that we've been reading for years it wasn't until i went back and read some of the Englehart rogers stuff and and the stuff from the 80s because rupert thorne played big parts in those comics yeah and by the way it was uh uh the sal maroney acid splash goes all the way back to uh bob kane and bill finger Okay, cool. Yeah, I was just about to look that up. So, so I looked up the the Thorn thing, and you took care of the Maroni. Good. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. Um. But like I said, I love that that relationship between him and Grace in the episodes. I love the the resolution. Um. Where they come together and and the way it the way it all wraps up. I mean, because you know, there's that ending where Batman uses the coins. Because of course he does. He uses the coins to yeah. thwart Two Face. This um, is pre Batman Forever. It is. And we see it, you know, we see it all the time. Oh, now. every, it's almost like every single version of Two-Face we see it. Yeah, but it, it was done so well here. Yeah. Um, and yeah, Two-Face is, I think, of the Batman villains, I think he is my favorite of the tortured Batman villains. Mm-hmm. Because there's always, I think it's so intriguing that there's always that chance that, well, of course, it's it's left up to chance. But there's a chance that the good side will prevail. And it's just, it's, it's a neat aspect to a villain. And especially because of the split personality disorder, it's like, it's not an out per se, Mm -hmm. but Bruce empathizes more with two face than almost any other villain he has because he knows it is specifically a mental health, excuse me, a mental health issue that his best friend was having and he was trying to get help for himself and he just wasn't able to. So Bruce puts it on himself more than he puts it on Harvey. It's a very interesting way of, of dealing with a villain 
and and such a horrible villain too. I mean, in the comics, he is a terrible, terrible villain. In the show, you know, it's it's still a kid show at heart, so they they obviously dial it back a little bit. But man, I will say in this show, there's a lot of guns in these two episodes. Um, <laughs> there is. You're right. I love the whole thing with like the Tommy gun. Like the censors were allowed to use Tommy guns because a kid couldn't go grab a Tommy gun. Uh, <laughs> like the lo- the logic behind that is awesome. <laughs> but well, there's pistols in the show too. The, so apparently that they are allowed to have pistols, but they're not allowed to fire them. Yeah. If you notice, they don't fire the pistols. Yeah. That's they true. have them, but Tommy guns go off every two seconds. <laughs> yeah. So, but so really quickly though, I I read that. Bruce Tim and Paul Dini were so happy with Clayface that or Fita Clay that they treated it almost as a one-off where Clayface didn't really come back much if he I don't remember if he did at all but apparently they were really happy with that just being a one-off two-parter there is an episode called Mudslide where he comes back is that in the original animated series or is that in uh, the new adventures I think it's in the original series because I, and the only reason I, it sticks out in my memory is because there's there's a beautiful piece of uh, Mondo art for the episode. Okay. But Two-Face comes back a lot. Yeah. Like Two-Face becomes like a huge villain. So it's, it's just interesting to see like the two episodes that we're covering right now. Like there's a lot of similarities between the two. Mm-hmm. And I think it is kind of, I mean, I, don't, I think it's hyperbolic to say sad, but it's kind of like disappointing that and I'm guilty of it, Two-Face gets a lot of recognition. Where I feel like Fina Clay deserves the same recognition because it is a really good two-parter. Yep. Absolutely. And it is, I mean, it's beloved for a reason. It's a it's an excellent two-parter. Yeah. And I had a lot of fun watching it, as I did Feet of Clay. Um, and I, did you remember to look up who picked these episodes this time? I did, actually. I was just about right. to... I'm going to put you on to... the spot here. But yeah, because I'm... <laughs> I'm interested to see how many people pick these because especially so, Fita Clay, because I think it's, it's a really good one. I was very happy to watch these, these four episodes. So one, and it kind of tracks one person chose feet of clay and that was Sephiroth. Um, well, good for him because I, yeah. I really am glad we got to cover this and it's sad that I don't think we would have covered it if, if he didn't pick it. So I'm glad mm-hmm. that he did. And, and I, I think this is an episode that deserves more recognition. Yep. And so far as Two-Face, it actually surprised me the the number because only five people chose Two-Face, which I thought would be more, um, mm-hmm. but it is a two-parter. So I, It's you know, hard it's, to pick five episodes of this show. I yeah. Mean, it, and unfortunately, I can only see three of the people's tweet uh, that, mm-hmm. that shows uh, Two-Face, and that was Adrian Fernando... Uh, it was uh, the Batman Book Club, Ryan Lauer, and it was uh oh, maybe I can only see two of them. Unless one of them was me, I don't remember. Oh no, Brybethka, Brybethka okay. chose it as well. So yeah, those are the three that I can the... see, but there was two others. I mean, I keep joking. I I don't even remember what my top five are. Because see, and you could have been one of them. Is it's very well possible. I don't think I had it in my top five, but I think that just again, every time we talk about these these episodes, I I kind of get mad at myself because I I don't remember what my top five are because my top five should easily be top ten. It's the top five is easily interchangeable with five more episodes. Yep, for sure. Um, well, that's where we're gonna 
kind of wrap it up on Batman, the animated series. Um, but I have, I have run the randomizer. We're going to cover three episodes next time. Okay. They're single episodes. So we're going to cover three of them because we're trying to, to wrap up this anniversary celebration before the end of the year, if possible. Um, so the randomizer has chosen old wounds over the edge and girls night out. So we've got two kind of more serious ones and then a very whimsical uh-huh. episode to cover next time. But those are your three uh, for next time. But this is, so, you know, I, I'm glad that we, we got to, to in, end with a little bit of positivity here. Uh, but what mm-hmm. were you going to say, Joe? Well, do we have, I know we covered Christmas with the Joker last year. Did yeah, I kind of. I kind of, I kind of stated, I think earlier when we when we first started this that we would not be covering Christmas with the Joker because we just did it. Yeah, did we cover Holiday Nights though, or did anyone pick up Holiday Nights? Nobody chose Holiday Nights. Wow. Okay, so I just wanted to make sure, like, if we had like a holiday um, centric episode to cover, that would be fitting for our holiday episode. So yeah, but no, okay, so that's that's fine. So, um that works out then that uh you know we're not going to leave them off or at least cover them like i don't want to cover uh christmas with the joker in january no um but yeah i'm surprised nobody picked holiday nights i am too yeah i think we talked about that when we did the top five episode but yeah it it is very surprising um before we go real quick i do want to bring up uh even though this is this is very much a batman podcast and it's not about you know other genre other franchises um since we were talking about Kevin Conroy in, in the span of two weeks, we lost two wonderful ambassadors to, to geeky, amazing franchises. Uh, so I did want to just briefly, very briefly acknowledge that we lost uh, Jason David Frank, um, who was the definitive power ranger. Uh, and I don't know if you want to say anything about it, Joe, but I did want to make that known um, and send our thoughts and, and, and vibes out to, to his family as well. He was an amazing, uh, he was an amazing ambassador, as I said, for the power Rangers, just as Kevin Conroy was for Batman. So I didn't want to leave him out. No, I'm glad you brought it up. It's actually a very similar, uh, thing because again, we talked about how some people feel typecast or feel like they need to distance themselves from the property and man talk about a guy that embraced what he was or Mm -hmm. who he was and i will say my wife actually reminded me i you know talked to her about this uh the other day um ironically my wife was actually probably more into power rangers when she was a kid or at least knew of jason david frank more than like i would know kevin conroy you know Mm -hmm. uh, having the conversation when we were at comic-con uh, one year, Jason David Frank just like kind of came into the room where we were waiting in like Hall H or something, and he just started yelling and and being a goofball and and I will never forget that. Like I, my wife reminded me of it, and I'm like, oh my god, I like I I forgot that that happened, but the minute she said it, it was like, you're right. Like he just came in and just was having a blast chanting at the crowd and he just had so much energy and he was just so happy to be there and that's what i will always remember him for is someone that just embraced who he was embraced what you know got him his stardom and it breaks my heart that you know 
such different circumstances of his, of his passing uh, compared mm. to Kevin Conroy's. To me, that breaks my heart even more because I mean, I don't want to get too much into it, but it, you know, you never know what people are going through, and it's it's a really tough thing to even comprehend when you are not going through that, but always, you know, just just be nice to one another. That's really all I can say without getting too much into it. And yep, yeah, yeah, and I'll just say, um, yeah, just take me. <laughs> take yeah, I, I'll just I'll just say to kind of wrap this up. Um, if you ever if you ever feel like you're you're alone, um, and and you feel like there's no alternative, um, just know that there is. Uh, and reach out to someone and uh yeah yeah because it, yeah, it that's, that's that's a really tough one for me because i i was a big power ranger guy um yeah. well i i wasn't later in life but especially no, no, well especially later in just, life but as a kid yes that was, and yeah, and, that was and he was wheelhouse. and he was a big part of that so yeah. yeah so yeah thank you for mentioning that and it's you know uh, yeah, it's been a rough, it's been a rough year for, for comic, uh, properties in general or, or superhero, whatever you want to categorize yeah. it as, but yeah, just, um, yeah, I'll, I'll definitely miss what he could have brought us in the future because he was even, I mean, he did a, he did a live action promo for a comic a couple years ago. <laughs> like, like that's unheard of. Yeah. And he's actually, I don't know what they're going to do with it, but he had a movie that was plan to come come out next year from bat in the sun so i i don't know if they were finished with it Uh don't know the status on that i've seen the trailer it looks fun uh so hopefully they had enough done uh to to put it out at least in his memory that would be he had such a cool cameo in the uh what was it 2017 when did that movie come out? 2017, 20 something like that. The Power Rangers movie, though, from, mm-hmm. from recent years. Uh, such a fun cameo in that. Like again, like he just he wanted to be a part of it, and yeah. um, you know that should. Uh, that's again what I'll try to remember him for is is the yeah. energy he brought to the character. For sure. Okay. Well, to to leave it on a little bit more of a positive note, uh, I did want to remind everybody that we are still doing the TFR holiday giveaway. So our second episode in December in December is when we're going to announce the winners. Um, that's going to be our Christmas special episode where we will be covering Batman returns because Batman returns is 30 years old this year. It's a Christmas movie and it's the theme of our holiday giveaway. So the rules are posted. They're pinned on the top of our uh, social media pages. So go check out those rules and get yourself entered to win some Batman Returns swag. But that, Joe, is where we're going to wrap it up for the day. Thank you so much. I know this was a heavy episode, but thank you for sticking in there with me. And thank you for uh, for paying tribute to to some wonderful people on this episode. Yeah, so much for like, ah, we'll, we'll talk for a little bit. We're not going to have to have a long episode for this <laughs> one, but it just, it kind of snowballed and it did, it became almost like, a, like I said earlier, it became almost like a, like a way of grieving or like a, like a mini wake for the two of us to discuss this. And, and hopefully uh, anyone listening can, can get something positive out of us discussing this for an hour. And, and yeah, so thank you for, for having me on for this one again and, you know, uh, getting to, to, to deal with this uh that i've it's been a weird it's been a weird week for me to try to wrap my head around my emotions but mm-hmm. yeah it's uh so yeah 
Well, um, well, nice. Well, uh, in the in the interim until our next episode, why don't you tell everybody where they can find you on social media? You can find me on Twitter and Instagram as J411. Oh, and on Letterboxd as J411. I'm going to start adding to my Scarathon list there soon. I'm mean, Scarathon, jeez. Um, <laughs> my uh, Cheerathon for for Christmas. I'm going to start that soon. Uh, and um, so you can find me on there, and you can find me on Facebook as Joe Fornerano, Excellent. As for myself, you can find my personal accounts on Instagram, Twitter, and Letterboxd at MeCarter89. That's M-E-Carter89. You can find the podcast's social media pages on Instagram and Twitter at TFRBatPod. Once again, if you want to send us an email, kind of like Stuart did today, uh, we would love to read those, and we'd love to read them on the show, so send those in. If you're looking for a way to support this show, the cheapest and easiest and, well, it's actually free way to do that is to leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. If you leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts, that is a surefire way to get yourself entered into the TFR Holiday Giveaway. So, other than that, if you want to find another way to support us, and we don't ask that you spend a dime on this show but if you do know that we greatly appreciate it you can go to redbubble.com and search shop tfr all one word and find amazing amazing memorabilia and merch with our logos on it but that is where we're going to end it for today so until next time remember i am vengeance i am the night i am batman Batman was created by Bill Finger and Bob Kane. The Fire Rises, a Batman podcast, is in no way associated with Warner Brothers Discovery or DC Comics. The thoughts and opinions expressed by the participants of this show are solely theirs and do not represent the companies that they work for. Thank you for listening. Am I blue? Am I blue? Ain't these tears in my eyes telling you, am I blue?